phone, you've got a Bible on your phone, open it up. Uh, I wanna preach a message this morning that has really been sitting on my heart for literally months now. It's kind of one of those messages that I've been marinating and percolating and just stewing on for a while. It's like been the slow cooker of messages, you know, and I just really, it's been sitting on me and God's been speaking to me about this over the last few months and really I've been coming back and forward to it a lot and I just really feel like the season's right now to bring it and uh, I just think it's a, it's a word in season for some people. I know in the first service, a lot of people were just, it really just impacted them and so uh, my prayer today is just open your heart and, and your mind to what God might do and God might say uh, to us here this morning. If you've got a Bible, open up 2 Corinthians, it's in your notes right there. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with a the Bible, then uh, this is the book, uh, this is a letter written to the church, a church in Corinth uh, by the Apostle Paul, Apostle Paul. Uh, was called Saul, now called Paul, and this is what he writes in 2 Corinthians, chapter number, uh, verse number 12, oh sorry, chapter number 12, verse number seven. Okay, says this, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I wanna share a message that I've simply titled, There's Purpose in the Thorn. There's Purpose in the Thorn. Let's pray together as we start. Lord, I thank you for, Lord, just an amazing start to this morning. Lord, that your presence is so here. God, I thank you for those lives that have taken that great step of getting baptized. We honor them, we, we thank you for them, we just bless them in Jesus' name. And God, I pray, as they've taken a step, Lord, I ask that you help us to take the steps that we need to take too. Lord, whatever it is before us that we need to step into, help us to step into it. Whatever we need to step out of, help us step out of it. God, I pray that you would uh, bring clarity through my words to your people here today, that we would understand your heart, and Lord, that you would help us to understand your great purpose in every part of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, uh, as you go on in your Christian journey, uh, or if you're new to church and new to faith, then what you find is as you read your Bible, you start to like naturally gravitate to a couple of favorite like Bible characters and Bible people. Everyone's got like a favorite Bible character or someone from the Bible they really like and someone that they, they really resonate with. For me, I love the Apostle Paul. I just love Paul. I love me some Paul. I think Paul is awesome. Paul is the man, he is incredible. And that's the one thing you gotta know about Paul is that Paul is the man. He is the man. Like, if your name's Paul in the room today, just receive that. <laughs> just go home from here today, say, hey, the pastor said I'm the man. Paul, the apostle Paul is the man. And what's great about the apostle Paul is like, He's not just, he, he, he was the man before he even knew Jesus, like he was the man. In his old life, in the context of his old life, uh, he was the man. Like he was a Pharisee, he was one of the religious elites. He uh, kept the law strictly, he knew the law, he studied the, 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 the Torah, he was like, he was an up and comer in the ranks, he was zealous, 
He, was, he kept that letter of the law. I mean, he was, the, he was, in terms of that context of where he was and his old life, he was the man. He was so much the man that the, the, the others around him gave him permission to go and persecute and kill Christians. That, like, he was, he was the man. But what's amazing about Paul is he's not just the man in his old life. He's the man in his new life with Jesus. Like, he's the man. I don't know if any of you, actually, I know, I know that none of you have as cooler testimony, God's story, God encounter moment. None of you can beat Paul. Paul is the man. He's like walking down the road on his way to kill Christians. The, like God shows up on the way and says, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And he's like, who are you that I'm persecuting? He's like, it's me, Jesus. And then he's got blind. He goes blind. He has to walk down this road to Damascus to a guy called Ananias' house. And then he gets prayed for and scales fall off his eyes. And now he's blind and now he can see. And now God's like, your name's no longer Saul. It's Paul. You can't beat that. And, and like, he's the man. Like, he's the start of his old journey with Jesus. Like, he's the man. And then he goes from, like, being Saul to being Paul, going from killing Christians to, like, recruiting Christians, spreading the gospel, planting churches, raising leaders. And in fact, he writes the majority of what you now know as your New Testament. He's the man. Paul is the man. And what is amazing about Paul is that Paul knows he's the man. Like there's nothing a little bit more annoying than someone who's awesome who knows they're awesome. <laughs> Paul is the man and he knows he's the man. And in fact, if you read a little bit earlier on in 2 Corinthians, he's like this. He's like, hey, 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 if anyone had reason to boast, I could boast, but I won't boast. <laughs> hey, 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 if anyone could boast, I could boast. I could boast about this and this and this and this, but hey, I won't boast. I could, but I won't, you know? Like you see a little bit of the humanity of Paul at play there, but he, he's the man. He knows he's the man and... In his old life, he's the man. In his new life, he's the man. He's just incredible, incredible man. But there's this moment in 2 Corinthians where he says these words. He says, a thorn was given me in the flesh. Paul identifies it. He calls it his thorn in the flesh. He doesn't describe, go on to describe any more detail about what that is. He doesn't say it's this or it's this. He just calls it his thorn in the flesh. And we don't know much about it, but what we do know is he didn't like it. What we do know is that it caused him some level of discomfort. It was uncomfortable, he didn't want it in his life. It was, it was an annoyance in his life. It was this thing that he wanted to go away, but it didn't go away. It was this, he called it his thorn in the flesh. And so what he does is he prays to God to take it away. He says, God, take it away. Listen, if, if God's gonna answer anyone's prayers, I think he would answer the Apostle Paul's. Like, he may not answer mine, but surely the apostle Paul, he answers me. But he asks God, he says, God, take it away. And God doesn't take it away. Take it away. He doesn't take it away. Take it away. He says, three times I pleaded with God to take it away and he didn't take it away. I don't know if you've ever prayed a prayer like that before. I don't know if you've ever had moments and seasons and times in your life or maybe you're praying it right now. You're praying, God, take it away. God, take it away. God, and God hasn't answered you. And God's not done anything with that. Here's the thing that I do really admire about Paul is he does something in this moment that most of us fail to do. Most of us say, God, take it away, and God doesn't take it away, so we stop there. But Paul has the wisdom and the humility to say, God, why have you not taken it? And in fact, why have you allowed it to stay? And he goes on to explore that. and Because here's the thing. Here's what you've got to understand about thorns. Thorns aren't purposeless. Thorns have purpose. See, I've got a beautiful little rosebush here. Well, it's not beautiful, it's little, and it's on its way. It's getting there. Uh, it, it's, 
See, thorns have purpose on a plant. The, the purpose of the thorns is protection. It's to look after this, this plant so that it can keep growing and it can keep flourishing and it can keep producing. The thorns are there to stop things getting to it that shouldn't get to it. See, historically, thorn bushes were used uh, for, as forms of protection. People would plant thorn bushes below windows as forms of security to stop burglars from being able to get access to the house through that window. So in order to stop what was wrong and what was bad and what you didn't want from getting inside of the house, from getting into what you want to protect and what is good and what you value and what you want to grow, from, to stop things from getting in there. A thorn bush was placed as, as a form of protection to stop what's bad getting in on the inside. Is someone reading me right here? Right, so uh, the thorn bushes were also used as hedge, hedgerows, hedges of protection around livestock or around uh, crops to protect them from, again, bad things getting in and destroying what you were trying to grow. You're trying to grow something here. You're trying to grow good stuff. You're trying to reproduce. You're trying to produce something that, 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 that's gonna sustain you and it's gonna grow you. And there's things, animals that are gonna try and come in and eat it and devour it and take it away. And so thorns were used to stop those things from getting in on the inside and eating and destroying what was on the inside of you. And Paul has the wisdom to to see that there's something that is trying to get in on the inside of him and destroy what God is wanting to do inside of his life. And he says this, he understands why God has allowed the thorn to be there. And he says this, he says, to stop me from becoming conceited, God gave me this thorn. To stop me from becoming conceited, God allowed this thing to stay. Do you know what conceited means? I'll give you a description. Conceited means excessively proud of oneself, vain, in love with oneself, self-centered, egotistic, narcissistic, having an overwhelming opinion of oneself, someone who believes they are above or better than anyone else. This is the thing that is trying to get in on the inside of Paul. And so God is allowing this thorn, this thorn in his flesh as a form of protection. Paul says to stop me from becoming conceited, to stop what was going to destroy the work of God in me, to st stop what was gonna destroy the character and the nature and the call of God and, the, and, and what God is wanting to produce in my life. How many of you know if this kind of narcissistic, egotistic, self-absorbed nature gets in on the inside of Paul, it's gonna destroy what God is trying to build on the inside of him it is not in line with kingdom character. It is not in line with the life Jesus is calling you to live. So Paul says, in order to stop that, God gave me a thorn. And it wasn't to hurt him, it was to protect him. And to stop what would be destructive getting in on the inside and destroying what God was doing on the inside of his, of his life. So Paul has the humility and the wisdom, even amongst this, this pride that he's got going on, at least he has the humility and the wisdom to say maybe there is a purpose as to why God has allowed this thorn to be in my life. And so what Paul does, rather than giving up in despair, he says, I pray God take it away. I prayed he'd take it away and he didn't take it away. So rather than giving up in despair in that moment, what Paul does is he aligns his life with the purpose of God through the thorn and finds a greater measure of God's power and God's strength, not in spite of it, but because of it. I'm gonna let that sink in for a second. He aligns his life with the purpose of God 
through the thorn. It finds a greater measure of power and, and greater measure of God's strength in his life, not in spite of it, but because of it. Because of it. Friends, I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what thorn is in your life right now, what annoyance, what inconvenience, what distraction, what thing that is causing you to, to feel maybe a little bit of pain. But can I suggest maybe today, and I feel like maybe God's put me here to tell you that the thing you thought was gonna derail you, the thing you thought was there to harm you, is actually there to cause you to go to a greater level of God's power and God's strength in your life. Come on, somebody. I believe right now every one of us has a thorn. Every, every one of us has some kind of thorn of some description. And you've been praying, God, take it away. God, take it away. God, take it away. And God hasn't. You've been praying, God, deal with this. God, deal with this. God, deal with this. And God hasn't. You've been saying, God, I, want, I don't want this around. I don't want this in my life. I don't want this to happen. I, 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 this thing, this, just take it away. It's an ir irritation. It's an annoyance. It's discomfort. It's maybe a bit painful. You know, I've come to learn People can be thorns. Now, word of advice, don't look at your spouse when I, when, when I say this point, right? It's not gonna go well. Just dead ahead, just keep looking ahead. Don't even say amen. <laughs> right, Pastor Marilyn? It's wisdom right there. Just look. People can be thorns. I've come to, to learn that situations that you're in, circumstances that you face, they can be thorns. I've come to learn that maybe physical ailments, physical conditions, they can be thorns. Uh, challenges in your life, seasons in your life, they can be like thorns in your life where you're saying, God, change it, God, change it, God, take it, God, remove it, God, do something about it. And, and I know many of you here today, you've been praying, God, move, remove it, God, move it, God, do something, God, God, change it, God, take it away, God, God, sort it out, God, move it, and God hasn't. And so you're left asking a question, and your question is this, why hasn't God taken it away? You're saying, God, why haven't you taken it away? God, why haven't you taken it away? Can, can I ask, can I, can I suggest, and may, may, maybe ask you to, to pose another question as well. Don't just ask God, why haven't you taken it away? Say, maybe God, why have you allowed it to stay? Maybe there's purpose in that thorn. Maybe there's God's wanting to do something in the midst of it, because I believe like Paul, you and I can discover that at times there is purpose in our thorns. And this is what I see, and this is the danger I see, is that many of us, we, we, we encounter these thorns or these things in our lives, and, and so we pray, God, take it away, or God, deal with it, or God, sort that out, or, and God doesn't do it. And so what we do is we get frustrated, and we lose heart, and because we're thinking, God didn't answer my prayer, so we stop, and we stay in that place. And we, we feel like we can't move on until God's dealt with it. We feel like we can't move beyond it until God's answered it. And so we go, well, I, I've tried, but God didn't do anything about it. And so, and so I, I can't move on in my life. I can't, can't, can't keep going on with God until God's sort of sorted this out and, and dealt with this thing. Friend, God doesn't want you to stand still. God wants you to keep moving. God has got purpose for you, even with the thorns. In fact, I believe that, that sometimes God's purpose is better achieved in leaving the thorn with us than taking it away from us. Sometimes God's purpose, I'll say it again because it's true. Sometimes God's purpose is better achieved by leaving the thorn with us than it is in taking it away from us. And listen, I need a thorn. Come here, Adrian. This is my thorn right here. Not really. Okay, no, I was just joking. This is my thorn right here. So this is, this is what Paul does. This is what Paul does 
in his life. He's living his life. He's the man. He's doing his thing. He's like growing leaders. He's, he's leading churches. He's planting churches. He's preaching the gospel. He's seeing amazing things happen. And then this thorn shows up. He's like, you're uncomfortable. You're awkward. I don't, I, not, listen, they don't receive any of this to your heart. Like, <laughs> Jesus' name. But he's like, I, I, don't, I don't want you, I don't, like you're, you're, you're a distraction, you're a discomfort, you're an annoyance. You're, you're like, I don't want you around, you're, you're like this thorn. So I'm gonna say, God, take him away. God, take him away. God, take him away. We're still here. And, and, so, and so rather stop and get frustrated and say, God, why haven't you, God, why have you taken away? Why? I can't move on until you dealt with this. Paul, goes, he goes like this. Well, you're here and I guess you're here for a purpose. So, so maybe we need to understand why you're here and get along a little bit. And, and, and I don't really like you being here and I've asked God to take you, but maybe since he's left you, there's purpose for you being here around me. And, and maybe actually since you being here, I've actually come to understand that I'm a little bit weak. I thought I was really strong. I, I thought I was the man, but I realized maybe I'm not the man. Maybe I'm, I'm just like, stop agreeing, Thorn. I was just like, maybe, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not the man. And I mean, you know what? And in fact, I've come to realize since you've been around, I'm actually quite weak and, and I need God more than I ever thought I needed Him in my life. And so I used to boast about me, but now I'm gonna boast about Him because He's all I need. And it, because you're here, I've come to understand I'm really, really weak and I need God more and more and more. And in fact, I can get on with this life and this purpose that God has for me actually in a better way just because you're with me, man. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. That's what Paul does. He doesn't stop and go, until you go, I'm not going. He says, because you're here, we're getting on. Some of you friends gotta understand there's purpose in your thorn. There's purpose in your thorn. See, problems, they can cause us to press in in greater measure. Crisis causes us to call on Him in ways we've never done before. Pain causes us to pursue. There is purpose in the thorn. There's purpose in the thorn. What, what possible purpose could a thorn have? I've just got a few thoughts I wanna just quickly go through as we finish up this morning. What purpose could a thorn have? Well, first thought is this, thorns can bring alignment. Thorns can bring alignment. See, if I'm wanting to get through this to the rose and I go a certain way, then I'm gonna get stuck by a thorn and it's gonna hurt, it's gonna be uncomfortable, I'm not gonna like it. And so what it causes me to do is realign myself to find a different way. And, and if that way, oh, there's a thorn there, I'm gonna, I'm gonna realign, I'm gonna find a different way where, where, where I can get to that thing. See, often the thorns in our lives can be God's way of saying you are running the wrong way in the season that you're in. The season that you're in right now the way you're living, the way you're doing things, you're out of alignment with the season that you're in. And a thorn can just be God's way of getting our attention to say, hey, listen, you just need to shift a few things a few degrees and get into alignment with where I want you to be right now. Changing a little bit of tack. I have a friend that has for the last few years had a chronic health condition that's just kind of been around for a number of years and you wouldn't know, uh, but it's kind of there and... and uh, They've just been kind of going, God, take it away, take it away. God, deal with it. God, heal it. God, take it away. And you know what? It's been years now, and he, and he, and he hadn't. And then it was a moment where I sort of shared this word and said, hey, maybe it's a thorn that God is wanting to bring alignment 
to your life and, and actually maybe the way you're running right now and the intensity with how you're going is not actually in line with maybe the season God has for you. And, and perhaps this is a season of rest for your life and God wants you to dig deep wells right now rather than run a, a million miles an hour. It's time to dig wells and to find rest in Him. And, and, and so what it caused was an alignment shift. And so in that place, you know what? They've now found physical healing because of an alignment shift. See, thorns can bring alignment. The other thing thorns can bring is they can bring refined character. They can bring refined character. That's a, that's a great purpose of a thorn. See, here's the truth, friends. God is more interested in your character than He is your comfort. So if a thorn hurts a little bit, but it's gonna refine your character, it's worth it. God is more interested in your holiness than He is your happiness. God wants you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind from the inside out. God wants to reveal and refine your character. I don't know about you, but this is like the, the mission of God on my life is just like constant refinement of who I am. It's like breakdown, 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 breakthrough, breakdown. This is like this constant process of refinement that God wants to do. And often we pray, God, move this from me. And He's going, I wanna move something in you. No, move it from me. He's like, I wanna move something in you. So I'm gonna keep it there because my purpose is not to move it from you to bring you comfort. My purpose is to move it in you to bring your character. And thorns have a great way of revealing to us where we're dropping the ball. Can reveal sin. I mean, like this is exactly what God did for Paul. Paul's going, I'm gonna put this here as a protection so that the character that I wanna grow in you stays good. Because this pride thing, if that gets in, it's gonna ruin you. It can deal with our, the pride issue. It can deal with our wrong motives. It can help to point out our sin and the things that are going on wrong in our lives. The third thing is uh, that thorns can bring growth. Thorns can bring growth. I don't know about you, but the seasons and the times in my life where I've considered it to be like a thorn in the flesh, they're the seasons I've grown the most, more than any other season. Those seasons where it's difficult and it's tough and it's hard. I'll tell you, the people in my life that I consider thorns are the people that have grown me the most. You know what I'm talking about. I've grown in patience, I've grown in wisdom, I've grown in leadership, I've grown in all kinds of ways because that person has been around. I've grown in ways that I never would have had they not been around. Thorns can bring growth in your life. And the last thing, maybe if the team wants to join me this morning, is this, thorns can bring strength. Thorns can bring strength. And this is probably the greatest revelation of this moment for Paul is the fact that he realizes that this thorn is revealing to him that he's actually really, really weak. But in that place of weakness, you know what he discovers? He discovers the perfected strength of God starting to manifest in his life in a greater way because he knows he's weak. Here's the thing. If you don't think you're weak, you don't need God. If you don't think you're weak, you can do it all in your own way and your own strength. But the reason that God's power is made perfect in weakness is because at the point of weakness, we go, I can't do it without you. And it's not about me and it's not about my awesomeness and my giftedness and my strength and my ability. It's actually going, God, I need you more than ever. 
See, that place of weakness is a place of surrender. It's a place of submission. It's a place of going, God, if you're not in this, I can't do it. And it's in that place where God goes, right, now I can move. Because up until that point, you've had your hands on the wheel. Up until that point, it's been about your strength. But here's what happens. As soon as Paul realizes, because of the thorn that he's weak, he surrenders and submits to God. And he says, I'm gonna put Paul aside and make God number one. I'm gonna submit totally to this. And then he goes, wow. And then I thought, what I thought was strength really wasn't strength. Now I'm realizing the perfected strength of God manifesting in my life. Friends, thorns can bring strength. When you realize that you're weak, I used to think I was strong, but now I know I'm weak. And I love that Paul's like, yeah, I'm gonna boast about my weakness. Because then the strength is, is perfected. This is, this is amazing. I used to boast about how awesome I was. I used to boast about me. Now I'm going, I used to go, I'm great, I'm great. Now I'm going, I'm weak, I'm weak, I'm weak. It's like, I'm gonna boast even more about my weaknesses because I know that the more I understand how weak I am, the more I'm dependent on God and the more His strength manifests in my life and the greater things I can do. I'm weak, I'm weak, I'm weak. See, it's the strength of God that manifests in your weakness. It's a place of complete surrender and submission. It's amazing, it's a beautiful place. Friends, I don't know what thorns you've got going on in your life. I don't know what situation you're in right now. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through right now, but maybe you're asking the question, God, why haven't you taken it away? Can I encourage you today to frame a new question? God, why have you allowed it to stay? And maybe like Paul, you and I can discover a greater level of God's power and God's strength, not in spite of the thorns, but maybe because of them. That we could go on to live a greater level of purpose in our lives. I'd love to pray for you. And like I said, I don't know what you're going through, but I, I wanna pray in a minute. And, and when I pray, I wanna ask that the Holy Spirit would reveal to you the why to your thorn. God, why have you allowed this to stay? And maybe God's gonna reveal to you what He's doing in the midst of all that you're going through and you'll start to see a greater level of His purpose. Can we stand to our feet together? Come on, let's just bow our heads for a moment of prayer. Lord God, we come to You right now. We submit to you. God, I pray right now in Jesus' name across this room, you know what we're going through, you know what we're dealing with, you know the thorns in our life. And God, right now, maybe we've been praying, Lord, take it away, take it away, take it away, and you haven't. So God, I pray you help us, like Paul, to have the wisdom, the humility to ask, God, why have you allowed it to stay? And maybe, Lord, if you are trying to achieve something greater than we could see before, in the midst of these thorns in our lives, God, I pray you help us to step forward into that purpose. Lord, not in spite of the thorns, but because of them. God, I pray if any of us have stood still because you haven't answered the prayer, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to walk forward in the midst of all that we go through, to take the steps that you have before us in Jesus' name. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, reveal to each Lord, what it is you're trying to achieve in them and through them in this season. You know, um, it's interesting because 
thorns have always been seen as a very negative thing. And um, in fact, in Scripture, the earliest mention of thorns is in Genesis when uh, Adam and Eve sinned and the, the, the curse entered this world, you know, this curse of sin and death entered the world. And as a result of that, bushes produced thorns. So they weren't part of the original design, but they were a result of the fall, a result of the curse. And when Jesus is going to the cross, something happens in that moment. The Roman soldiers, they take and they weave a crown made out of thorns and they place it on Jesus' head and they make it a mocking gesture. It's a mocking crown. It's This guy is the king of the Jews. Let's put this on his head. See, they thought it was just to mock him and to ridicule him. What they didn't understand was what they were really doing. See, when Jesus went to that cross, He wasn't just dying for nothing. He was dying to redeem and restore the result of the fall. And so what was produced from the fall was the thorns. And so that's placed on His head. And He's saying, I'm taking it all. I'm taking it all on me. And I'm paying the price. And the the result of The fall was these thorns, but I'm gonna bring glory. I'm gonna bring healing. I'm gonna bring restoration. I'm gonna bring life from it all. And they thought they were placing a a mocking crown, but in fact, it was the, the, the symbolic gesture of him wearing that crown of thorns was perfectly fitting for what he was doing. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords giving himself to redeem and restore all that was lost at the fall so that you and I could know life, freedom, purpose, redemption, eternity. And I would love to pray a prayer right now. If you're here and you don't know Jesus or your life is very far from Him, you kind of know of Him, you know who He is, you come to church, but right now your life is far from Him or maybe you stepped in for the very first time and you don't know Him. I'm gonna pray a prayer right now and I invite everyone in this room just to bow your heads and close your eyes. I'd love to include you in this prayer. Just say these words. Repeat after me. I'll say them out loud. You say them in your heart. Just say this. Say, God, today I surrender my life to you. I know that I've sinned. I know that I've messed up. But I believe, Jesus, you died for me. I right now ask you to come. Be the Lord of my life. I turn from my old way, I turn from sin, and I turn to you. I turn to the life you have for me. I choose from this moment to follow you. I thank you for your forgiveness and your grace. I ask you to come and make my life brand new today. In Jesus' name. Just while your eyes still closed and head bowed, I want you to be really brave right where you are. If you prayed that prayer this morning, either the first time or coming back to God, I want you to be really brave. Take a big step with me this morning. I'm gonna count to three. And when I say three, I want you to lift your hand nice and high if you prayed that prayer. Ready? To be brave right where you are. This is your step of faith. Saying, yep, this is me, Steve. Count me in. Ready? One, two, three. Hands up nice and high. Just say, yeah, that's me, Steve. Count me in. Yeah, God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me. Yeah, right on the back on the mezzanine. I see you up there, my man. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me. Count me in. Count me in. Yeah. See that hand? Fantastic. Fantastic. Anyone else saying, yeah, count me in? Awesome. 
Awesome. God, we thank you so much for your presence here today. God, I thank you for all those who've responded. And so, Lord, we rejoice with you, God, of those lost ones coming home. God, I thank you for the redemptive power of the cross, that your power is still at work today, just as it was all those years ago. We bless them now. God, we honor you, we glorify, and we magnify you, God, in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give God some praise in this place. I give my whole life to all.